everyone, I'm Kate. And I'm Libby. We're the creators of Tales by Mail and this is our brand new podcast. Hello fellow readers, welcome along to the Tales by Mail podcast. Today we'll be talking about the books from our April In the Post themed box. These two brilliant books told tales of postal capers and child-run newspapers. As ever, we'll be welcoming along the authors of our featured reads, who will share readings from their books and answer questions from our Stobra Primary School book group. So let's get started. The first book in our In the Post box is... The Boy in the Post by Holly Rivers. Hello, I'm Holly Rivers, author of The Boy in the Post. It's an adventure story set across land, sea and sky about three siblings who post themselves across the Atlantic in a freight crate in order to find their missing homing pelican. This is a reading from Chapter 4, where the children visit the mailbox menagerie for the first time. Welcome, said Grandy Brock to the Shaloo children, stretching out an arm in a bow-like gesture. Please step inside, guests first. The siblings edge forward tentatively. The mailbox menagerie looked exactly as its name suggested, as if a post office had exploded in a zoo. Everywhere Arinthia looked, there were animals in little blue hats, reptiles and mollusks, mammals and arachnids, amphibians and crustaceans, all busy undertaking their various postal duties. There were meerkats rifling through mailbags, and alpacas slotting envelopes into wooden sorting cabinets. An aardvark trundled past pushing a postal trolley with its long snout, and all of a sudden a hedgehog appeared from behind a pillar box with a tiny parcel in its mouth. Wow! Arinthia mouthed, her gaze darting from metallic scales to rainbow-coloured feathers, from polka-dotted furs to leathery scoots. Some of the creatures were going about their business on four legs and some on two, while others slithered or slid or even swam. It was like nothing she'd ever seen before. And she almost had to pinch herself as she caught sight of a pink-bottomed baboon sitting on a filing cabinet, franking envelopes with an ink stamp. Grandy Brock, followed by his children, held his arms out wide as he took centre stage in the middle of the menagerie. So, what do you think? he asked. Impressive, isn't it? Mr Malagasy leapt from the old man's shoulder, grabbing onto an overhanging vine and climbing it like a rope. It's extraordinary, replied Arinthia, almost speechless. Miraculous! I love the idea of the mailbox menagerie. Welcome along, Holly, and thank you for that lovely reading. Now, let's head over to Stobra Primary School to hear what our pod squad thought about the boy in the post. So we're going to be talking about the boy in the post first. What was your favourite part of the book? When the three children first walked into the menagerie and saw all the different animals because they just were so excited about it and it was so nice. No, I would really like to have done that. I quite like the flying in the hot air balloon because, well, it, it's flying. So, and I like being up high and I get a good picture of it in my mind. OK, 
Okay, which characters did you relate to and why? Arunthi because she's adventurous and I really like that. I quite like Geronimo because birds can fly and um, I just don't know how they'd do it. If you could think of another title for this book, what might it be? I think that I would call it Lost in Letters. What might happen to the characters after the book ended? Maybe that maybe Arinthia would get promoted to like head of postal services because she went on that journey to find Geronimo. Well, that it all started when Geronimo went missing and she shows a lot of care for the birds and animals. Maybe all the animals could be let free or put in a zoo so that people can really appreciate them. I think that Tava and Arinthia will keep going, working at the Animal Postal Service and that Sifra will carry in his grandmother's and his mother's, no, grandfather's and his mother's footsteps and go into really good motors. Okay, now what was unique or special about this book? Three children posted themselves from England to America. It tells you what really goes on in a boat when, like, it's out at sea, because I didn't know that normal HMS Belfast, it could, like, bring mail from one side of London to the other, and um, I would have never thought of that. Animals post letters. It was a really unique book, for sure, but it also felt to me like a really old-school adventure. I hope you all loved it as much as we did. Now on to our next read from our In The Post box. The book in question was... Ajay and the Mumbai Sun by Varsha Shah. I'm Varsha Shah, author of Ajay and the Mumbai Sun, which is a story about Ajay, a railway kid who, abandoned on the Mumbai railways, has grown up with nothing but a burning wish to be a journalist. Finding a discarded printing press, he and his friends Saif, Vinod, Yasmin and Jay create their own newspaper, The Mumbai Sun. As they hunt down stories for their paper, the children uncover corruption, fight for justice and battle to save their slum from bulldozers. I'll read an extract from Ajay. I'll ring for help, said Nirish. But Ajay and Vinod were already out of the station. They ran through the slum that was slip-sliding in churning mud and black water. At some points they were wading, at others they were swimming. Ajay choked as a wave of dirty water went over his head. The street was now a river of slime. Vinod reached down, pulling him out by the hand. They rounded the corner to the factory, which was on slightly higher ground, and found the way blocked. People from the slum had gathered and were standing in the road, paralysed. Ajay pushed his way through, wanting to scream. He looked up as the massive concrete building groaned. A crack like a thunderbolt ripped through its wall. The corner of the factory crumbled in a sudden explosion of grey boulders and dust that covered them like ash. Everything was veiled in grey and white. Ajay couldn't breathe. He lurched forward. He had to find her. Stop, Ajay, it's too dangerous. Vinod caught his arm, but Ajay shook him off violently and kept running. Bits of rubble were still falling from the walls of the factory. It had only been built last year. How could it be collapsing? He put his arms up as a loose shard of rock tumbled and fell, hitting the ground in front of him. Yasmin, he cried but his voice was lost in the sound of crashing concrete, thundering rain and shrieking wind. 
Yasmin, he cried again. No answer. He looked up. The broken walls of the factory had jagged edges and gaps like eye sockets where the windows had been. Somewhere in there, Yasmin was lying injured, or worse, dead. No, he would not let himself think that. She was in there, alive. Think, he told himself. He had to think. He had to save her. The corner of the factory had collapsed, but Mr Gear's office was on the other side. Ajay took a deep breath and ran into what was left of the warehouse. Inside, it was pitch black. The electricity must have sparked out. There was a creaking above him and a sudden rush and clatter as roof tiles smashed down. Rain and light sloshed in through the gaps. Ajay clambered over squares of concrete. At one point, his hands were slick with sticky red liquid. Blood? Ajay shrank back in horror, then realised it must be the vats of dye that had spilt, leaching their liquid all over the floor and walls. Another crash of falling tiles. He could see a figure coming towards him. Yasmin, he cried out, scrambling to get to her. His heart beat painfully in his chest. Talk about a cliffhanger. What a powerful reading. Thank you so much for that, Varsha. Now, let's see what our pod squad thought about Ajay and the Mumbai Sun. Now we're going to be talking about Ajay and the Mumbai Sun. What character would you like to meet from this book in real life? I would like to meet AJ because he's very confident and sounds like a nice guy. I'd like to meet the cricket dude. I'd like to meet the principal of the school who did the cricket match because he seemed really nice. I'd like to meet Yasmin because she was treated quite unfairly at the factory and it wasn't great at the factory and I want to find out more about her life. I'd like to meet AJ because he sounds very creative and doesn't just think about himself, thinks about other people too. Okay. Were there any moral messages or lessons that could be learnt from the story? The story shows that some places in India don't treat people as well as they should be treated, such as in the lower-ranked places in society they were going to be moved from the slums to a toxic place. It shows that old can sometimes be the best because the slum may have been old, but it provided many homes for lots of people. It shows that kids can do much more than just stand around. Well, it shows that, that AJ was better than the journalists. He did more than they did. He actually tried to find out what was going on. Okay. Does this book remind you of any other books and why? No, not really. It's very unique. It doesn't really remind me of it. It's colourful and it has lots of culture. How did reading the book make you feel? It made me feel very excited to carry on reading it and I just really liked it a lot. I didn't know what was going to happen because there were lots of plot twists and I didn't suspect Mr Raz. It made me feel really excited about what was happening next, but um, and it was really good. I felt like I knew what was going to happen and I um, was excited to carry on reading the book and find out if I was right. Because the chapters were so short, I could just keep on reading it and reading it. You've already spoken about um, people being mistreated and moving out of the slums into a more dangerous place. How did that make you feel? 
it made me feel disappointed that they weren't being fairly treated. So I really wanted that to be changed. It made me feel sad because it's a home to many and rich people couldn't just take all of that away from them with one, like, word. It made me feel quite upset because factories, everyone, people knew were unsafe, but they didn't tell the workers and then it caught fire and people went down on top of everyone, yeah, and it wasn't safe and people knew knew that. Mm. So there's a theme there, isn't there, about the book being somebody being treated unfairly and a group of children standing up for them and making sure that that changed. Have you read any other books like that? Could you compare it to a book? Lots of books these days have children as the main characters fighting for justice, which is slightly similar to many other books that I've read. It reminded me of a book that I read called Charm Seekers and it had the children saving the day, really. I think we've got a couple of questions about both books from our pod squad too. And of the two books that you have read, what do the two books have in common and what's different about them? The adults are always the evil masterminds. Children are always in a group and they always work together to solve some sort of mystery. The children always have some sort of upset in their lives. The children play main roles. The criminals are always unsuspected. Did you enjoy these books and who would you recommend them to? Yes, I did and I'd recommend them to anybody who likes children taking the lead. I really enjoyed the books as well and I would recommend them to anyone who likes adventure and mystery. Yes, I really enjoyed it and I would recommend it to myself so I could read it again. I really liked it and I would recommend it to anyone who likes animals and suspense. I enjoyed it a lot and I would recommend it for people who like stories where kind of detectives almost stand up for the rights of people. We're so happy to hear how much you love both of the books. Now, let's chat some more with our special guest authors. We're excited to introduce Holly Rivers and Varsha Shah. If you were going to post yourself somewhere, where would you like to go and why? I've always wanted to visit Tibet, so I'd probably send myself to the highest peak in the Himalayas, Mount Everest. That's if the postman could climb to the top of it, of course. I've always been fascinated by Tibetan culture, and I even wrote my university thesis on it. I'd love to do some trekking there and visit the Patala Palace in Lhasa and see the wild yaks and try butter tea and steamed dumplings. AJ gets to realise his dream when he discovers the abandoned printing press. What do you dream of doing when you grow up? So 
I dreamt, just like Ajay, of becoming a journalist. The love of newsprint, uh, the adrenaline of deadlines, the camaraderie of a newsroom, the idea of integrity and giving voice to the voiceless. In the end, of course, I fell in love with law and then teaching, but there is always a thrill when I think about newsrooms and I wanted to communicate that, describe that in the story. I've also wanted to be a writer since I was eight years old, so that really has been a dream come true, seeing the books sort of come to life and be printed and and just the excitement of that and and that has just been absolutely magical. Where did you get the idea for The Boy in the Post? I decided on the idea for The Boy in the Post during the first lockdown when all of our worlds suddenly became very restricted and much smaller and one of the things that kept me sane was receiving things in the post from friends and family. I loved hearing the postman coming up the garden path every day and watching letters and parcels coming through the letterbox. And we were also spending a lot of time online, on Zoom calls and home learning. So I loved the idea of writing about a slower, more traditional way of communicating. And when I discovered that it was actually legal for children to be sent through the mail in the early 1900s, it sparked the idea for the boy in the post and I just couldn't stop writing. Why did you want AJ to become a journalist? I wanted Ajay to become a journalist because I think that journalism can be corrupted and become little more than propaganda or a vehicle for lies or rather than giving voice to the voiceless um, can often be used to punch down on the vulnerable. So I wanted to show a character who is there to seek the truth and speak it to power with intelligence and humour and, and compassion and, and courage and empathy. So that's why. <laughs> What inspired you to use animals as delivering the post? Well, it all started with me researching the carrier pigeons who were used as military messengers in the two world wars. The job was extremely dangerous and unfortunately many perished during their missions. And it made me think of how much animals help us in our everyday lives. We have guide dogs for the visually impaired, there's metal detecting rats who can sniff out landmines, pollinating fig wasps and llamas who patrol farms. And even though I don't think that the Royal Mail will be employing porcupines or fruit bats anytime soon, you never know. How did you come up with the complicated and corrupt ideas for Mr Raz? I had read a lot about shell companies uh, being used by the rich and powerful around the world, including in England, uh, to hide wrongdoing and seen the extraordinary revelations of this in the Panama, Pandora and Paradise papers, um, which are real life uh, journalistic investigations. I also get very angry about people who can be found in every country making profit by exploiting labour and treating other people in horrific ways, people uh, in their own countries, but also in other countries where perhaps it can be hidden more easily or ignored more easily by end customers. And so all of that became part of the story. In your actress experience, have you ever had to act on being stranded at sea? 
Hmm, I don't think I ever had to act being stranded at sea, but I do remember having to fall into a river during an episode of The Worst Witch. My character, Drusilla, was having a fist fight on a bridge with Mildred Hubble, and we both had to lose our footing and plunge into the water. Luckily, we had wetsuits on under our costumes, so it wasn't too chilly. But of course, with filming something like that, you only have one chance to get it right. So it was quite nerve wracking. But we had so much fun filming every series. We got to ride broomsticks, make potions, work alongside lots of different animals, meet lots of lovely new people and travel to some really amazing locations. And the experience definitely influenced my own writing and storytelling. Have you ever been to Mumbai? Yes, my I have a really close connection to Mumbai. Uh, my mum and dad both went to Mumbai to study when they were very young, and I travelled there a few times. I love the city, the energy of it, the colours, all the people I've met, uh, the excitement, and I couldn't wait to write about it and try and translate that energy and my love for the city on paper. I just hope that I have succeeded in some way, and I would encourage anyone who hasn't been to Mumbai to visit. The Boy in the Post is a really great adventure story. Do you like reading adventures? And what are your some of your favourite other adventure stories? I adore reading adventure stories because I love to go on adventures myself. I've travelled a lot around the world. I've explored Mayan temples in Mexico, climbed glaciers in New Zealand, trekked through the jungles of Thailand, and I snorkeled in Malaysia. I even lived in a tent for two months one summer. Some of my favourite adventure stories are Malamanda by Thomas Taylor, The Dream Snatcher Books by Abby Elphinstone, The Beetle Boy Trilogy by M.G. Leonard. There's so many. Uh, Asher and the Spirit Bird by Jasmine de Billen. The Girl of Incan Stars by Kieran Millwood Hargrave is just amazing. And I read Anything and Everything by Catherine Rundle. We actually have one question for Varsha too. Ajay and the Mumbai Sun was such a powerful book with so much joy, but also a lot of really hard-hitting issues and corruption at its heart. We wanted to ask, how do you hope readers feel after they've read your book? I really hope that they feel a sense of warmth and energy and friendship because I think that's really what this book is about, the way a circle of friends can become your family uh, wherever you are. But I also hope that they uh, feel alert and aware um, too and the sense of justice, not just for themselves, but for others too. I also hope in some ways that there's a sadness when they come to the end of the book because when I come to the end of a book that I really love, I feel this sort of you know, sense of sadness that it's ended. And so I hope that readers are just really excited to hear about Ajay's next adventures and and sort of imagine and see what he and his friends uncover next. What an incredible way to end our Q&A. We can definitely relate to that bittersweet feeling of finishing a really good book. Thanks so much to Holly and to Varsha for joining us. And a big thanks to our Stobra Primary pod squad for their excellent questions. We've recently announced that sadly Tales by Mail will come to an end in June. That means we've got just one more podcast to share with you. We want to take a moment to wish all of our young readers the very best of luck in their future reading adventures. We hope you'll stay bookworms forever and we're so happy that we've been able to share books with you over the last two years. 
If you haven't already subscribed, you can still buy our final box. It's available from the subscribe page of our website and will be sent out this June. The theme is Powerful Me and is all about characters who must channel their inner strength and magical powers in the face of some almighty challenges. We've got a limited number of our past boxes available for sale in our shop, which is going to stay open until July the 24th. So if you've missed any Tales by Mount or Hatchings boxes and you want to stash them away for future prezzies or treats, now is your time to head over to our website. We're at www.talesbymail.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks again to all of our special guests. Bye for now, fellow bookworms. Thank you.